Hey everyone, this is Leela Sinha. Welcome to Power Pivot, the podcast version two. This is where we talk about business, leadership, ethics, community, and the way it all fits together. I'm glad you're here. So since when is daydreaming a bad thing? Like, I feel like at one point daydreaming was a thing that we were encouraged to do, that we were encouraged to imagine, build our imaginations, develop our imaginations, think of things beyond imagination, think of things beyond reality, think big, think wide, think creatively. And then at some point, daydreaming becomes like, oh, you're daydreaming while you're wasting time because you're not being productive, because you're not making money for somebody. Uh, That's not how that works, folks. It was daydreaming that built the internet. And the internet's making a lot of money for a lot of people. The internet's making a lot of connections for a lot of people. So daydreaming, maybe not such a bad thing after all. So I invite you, I invite you to dream. I invite you to to come with me into the space of possibility for just a moment. Take a breath. Don't close your eyes if you're driving, but if you're not driving, take a breath. Allow yourself some space inside your chest, inside your throat. Notice how everything becomes a little more expanded inside, a little more roomy inside, a little more grounded, how your center of gravity gets you nice and solid as you go into this dreaming place. And from this dreaming place, I want you to think about the kind of world you would have if realistic was not in your vocabulary. The kind of world you would have, so not just your personal world, although you can start there if you want, but the kind of universe, the kind of everybody space that you would have if realistic was not in your vocabulary. Because I think conforming to realism, to what we believe is possible or what we believe is true, is one of the best ways to stop us from solving the biggest problems we have. We have all these enormous problems And we're in them because we didn't believe that something else was possible. And so we did what we felt like we had to do, had to do for whatever set of conditions, had to do for profit conditions or had to do for survival conditions or had to do for we don't think we can do anything else conditions or had to do for we lack the imagination to do any better conditions, whatever it was, we we failed to imagine something better. And so we got what we could imagine. And people like Gene Roddenberry are responsible for helping us imagine differently. People like Fred Rogers are responsible for helping us imagine differently. Reading Rainbow, LeVar Burton, like all of the the media dads that we of my generation like to think of, they helped raise us to cultivate our imagination. So I don't know what happened to us, but we, we forgot that part or something. And we got to remember So going into the kind of world that you would believe in if you could believe in anything, what's true about that world? What's true about relationships between people? What's true? What's true about money? What's true? What's true about work? What's true about play? What's true about pleasure? What's true about resources? What's true about how we interact? What's true about what we think we know and what we actually know? What might we know? What things, what kinds of things might we come to know in a world like this? What kinds of things might we value 
in a world like this. And you'll notice as you do this exercise, this is, this is a, a, the kind of exercise that I would do early with an, with an ethics um, client company where I was, I was building an ethical framework with that company. And, and you'll notice as you start to think about things, one of the things that will come up is where you've been injured or wronged or hurt, the things that are frustrating you the most personally are going to show up as like, well, I would solve this. This would be better. If somebody died and made me God, this would be better. I would fix this. I would prevent this. This would never have happened. Everybody would think it was obvious that this shouldn't ever happen. Um, you know, whether that's medical stuff or whether that's uh, financial stuff or whether that's some other kind of stuff, right? There's stuff that, that just wouldn't have people being dishonorable in very way, various ways might be frustrating to you. So that might be the thing that you would fix. You'll notice those things coming up and you'll know either from your gut or from your brain, you'll know that those things are coming up because they are places where you were injured in the past. Those are the areas where you're most likely to justify causing injury in the future. Let me say that again. The places where you were injured in the past are the places where you're most likely to justify causing injury in the future as a kind of restitution with a kind of justification born out of that pain. So we got to be really careful, especially as leaders, that we don't do that, that we dream this better world into being and that we kind of make a, just make a mental note of all the places that you've been hurt that are causing you to dream something different. And just know that. Just know where those places are. Know what those tender spots are, those bruises. Know what's going on inside you. And then keep dreaming. And dream bigger and bigger. And let your dream have tendrils that go out from your own experience to other people's experience to what you've seen or heard or read or what's touched your heart or who you've met. That person that you talked to in the grocery line that one day or that person that you stopped to give them back something they dropped when they were crossing the street and it seemed like they had a lot of stuff and so you like walked with them a little bit and carried one of their bags and talked to them a bit. Like whoever it was, whatever it was, everything in our lives influences us. Everything in our lives changes us. Everything and everyone in our lives helps us become who we are and how we are. And so as you're maneuvering through this fantasy, this, this dream, this imagining, this possibility, this rooting down into the soil of beginnings, notice which tendrils are poking up. And when you notice yourself thinking, oh, I, but, well, of course that's not. Allow yourself to think it anyway. Allow yourself to open that door for yourself anyway. Allow this to be your permission to open up to it anyway. Open that door. Find out what's over there. Open the window. See how it smells outside. See if it's raining by sticking your hand out the window instead of asking the computer. And dream it. Dream, 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 dream it. Dream it all. Open those doors and windows for yourself. Let this open those doors and windows. Let me be with you as you open those doors and windows and walk down those paths that are perhaps a little less traveled. That's okay. We'll be with you.
dream that world into existence. Dream it in as much detail over as many days as you want, as you need, as you hope, as you wish you had. Dream it into how people learn. Dream it into how people care for each other. Dream it into how people come into the world and how they leave the world. And Dream it into things that you didn't even know you knew you wanted. Use everything that you actually know about people. All the good stuff. Go get the good stuff. It's, it's at the bottom of the closet under the Christmas decorations. Go... Go get the good stuff and bring it out because we all know so many good things about people, but so often we allow the things that are hurtful about people that we also know to override that goodness, that sense of goodness, that awareness of goodness, the ability to tap into that goodness, and that's not helping us either. So go get the goodness. Get that like big sack of stuff and open it up and rummage through it and Use it to find a few more seeds to plant, a few more places to run tendrils deep into the soil. Because this is magical soil. The thing about our brains is that they have a hard time distinguishing between imagination and reality. So the more time you spend imagining a reality that is different from the one you occupy, the more likely your brain has the neuronal pathways to create that reality, to act in accordance with that reality or to move toward that reality, not in some kind of, dare I say, impossible way, because very little is actually impossible. But not even in an unlikely way, but just to form the habits of thought and behavior that are likely to support that kind of change within you and around you. Because people respond to what we believe of them often, not always, but often. People respond to what we believe of them. People respond to what we project onto them when we open the connection between us and someone else. And so does the rest of the world. So do the plants and the rocks. You don't have to believe that, but I do. And so when... When you reach out, when you build a connection, when you begin something, an interaction, even just at the grocery store, when you open your door to the delivery driver, there's an interaction there. What will it be like? What are they expecting of you? What are you expecting of them? How can you shift that moment to be a little more like the world that you're imagining, that you're dreaming? That's what building these neuronal pathways makes easier, is that shift forward into something better, into something more beautiful, into something more worth living for. I know a lot of people who are a little bit on the fence about that right now. But this is one of the things you can do. Dream that world. Dream all the parts of it the individual parts and the group parts and the parts that you have control over and the parts that you don't. And then find one, take a, take a walk through this newly planted space where there are already trees and you've been pressing these tendrils down into the soil. Take a walk. See what's already coming up. See what's already excited to be here. See what's already exploring 
with the tips of its leaves and its stems looking for something likely to climb. Find some corner that feels so appealing and so tiny that all you want to do is cup it in the palms of your two hands and decide that this is the corner you're going to water. This is the corner you're going to water first. You're going to pay attention to it the most. You're going to come and talk to it and build a relationship with it. These three or four tendrils, these three or four seedlings, you'll tend the rest of the garden sufficiently. But these, you're going to give special attention because you have a feeling that if you grow this corner, this little knob of possibility in the garden, that something will actually change. Take a breath and let your energy sink into that spot in the garden and then come back into you as you inhale. Now you and that part of the garden are connected. And then allow yourself to come out of this dreaming, imagining space back into the world of the worldly, of the basic, of the boring, of the this is how it is and that's what we're going to do. But now you know that this isn't necessarily how it is and this isn't necessarily what we're going to do. And you have a corner of a garden to tend, to water, to sit with, to imagine as what will it look like as those tendrils grow? What will it look like? What will it feel like? What kind of shade will they cast? What kind of food will they produce? What other plants will they reach for? What other things will grow amongst those leaves? Keep growing that corner of your garden and everything else will grow too. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Power Pivot, the podcast. I'm your host, Leela Sinha. Thank you for listening. I offer gratitude for the earth and sky and the support and care of many who cross my path. Our post-production assistance is provided by William Jameson, and you can find him at jamesonav.net. You can find more of me and my work, including leadership consulting and keynotes, at intensiveinstitute.com.